attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Uh, as you can see, Dana and I are still here on this podcast, so that means we did not win the Powerball today. Oh, uh, what was it up to, by oh the my way? God. It was $2.04 billion. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. Two, Wait a second. And somebody in your neighborhood you- won, basically. Wait, The what? one person at some... It was just outside of Pasadena. It's not really your neighborhood, uh-huh. but close enough, relatively. From like a random gas station, it was like Ugh, randomly sold the winning ticket, and somebody now has two point four billion dollars. I won four dollars. You did! Congratulations! I did! I did! Now we don't need to talk about that. I spent forty dollars on the Powerball tickets, and so thirty six. I spent thirty six dollars on the Powerball <laughs> tickets, but oh well. I had a nice twenty four hours of dreaming about what life would look like if. I can't even fathom life with that amount of money. I can't even know. But, sir, what I will tell you is we would still be doing the podcast because we could quit our jobs. We could pay off our debts and our homes and all that stuff. We can still do the podcast. We can have all this extra time on our hands. I know. And you know what? I was actually thinking we would – the first thing we would do is I would hire a private jet. Yeah. Right? Hire – rent a private jet to take all of us and Carmen, fly to L.A., We'd all go do VIP like days at Disneyland. Then you guys yep. and Marla would get in the jet, and the Marla jet was big and Carmen are our dogs, by the way. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our dogs and our kids and all of us would get in the jet. Then we'd fly over to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. We would do our own mm. version of Disney's like fly around the world and come to all the parks. We just do our own version in the private jet. I'm in. I'm all in with baby. the dogs. Yep. Well, Marla's very flatulent. I think everybody knows that on the podcast at this point. I don't know if we're going to want Marla on a PJ, but we can try. No, Dana, the PJ would be like a 757 with multiple rooms. Oh, well, in that case, of course. Yeah, the tricked out, or no, 767, <laughs> sorry, bigger. Be the one tricked out with like multiple rooms. Everybody has their own cabin. The dogs have their own cabins. Marla and our farts can hang out in another room. That'd be great. <laughs> Is somebody going to have one of those rotating beds from Austin Powers on the plane? Yes, please. Okay, yes. Okay. I'm in. This sounds great. All right. Well, anyway, now that that dream's dead, uh, (laughs) we're here to talk about Disney. Um, How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? It's, you know what? You know what? It was my birthday last week. I had. I know. I know you know. You wrote a little thing about me on our Instagram. Thanks, bud. That was nice of you. Of course. Um, I was up in Oregon. I was up in Bend, Oregon, which is the place that I was born and raised until I moved to Washington State. And I went with a bunch of girlfriends, a couple fan favorites, fan favorite Carly Snowden, fan favorite Kim Moffat, and Evan Jennings, who's my best friend who was on the podcast and talked about her time at Disney. We met working at Disney. But yeah, we were all up there and full circle. We were up there for a friend's wedding. Her name's Joe. Mm-hmm. And Carly and Joe were roommates at Disney World in 2007. And then Evan and I did it a year the next year. So it was kind of this fun little Disney college program-esque best friend reunion wedding. So it was very sweet. Aww. But hold up. Forget the wedding and okay. all that. Okay. Tell everybody where you went. 
Oh. Like the mm. little 90s kid inside of me was freaking out. Yeah. The dream of the 90s is alive in Bend, Oregon, as I said. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the very last blockbuster on the planet. So if you've seen the documentary, it's based off of this exact blockbuster. I bought myself a t-shirt. I bought Ryan a t-shirt. They're amazing. I'm, I think Kim spent like $80 on an entire ensemble of like sweatpants, sweatshirt, t-shirt, everything. Oh, I need to see this. Yeah. She sent me a picture. Kim, if you're listening. Ask her to send you this picture because the pants she bought were too big and they look like those like MC Hammer clown <laughs> pants that are like too like <laughs> low and big. But they're sweatpants, so she'll be fine. But what was it like? It was a total time warp. So you walk in and it's exactly, exactly like any layout of any blockbuster has always been in your memory. You walk in on the right hand side. They've got like the new releases. They've got rows and rows of DVDs. It was mostly DVDs, by the way. I didn't see any VHSs except for under glass because they had a little tiny mini museum in the back corner of all the stuff that they've been (laughs) gifted for being a part of that documentary. And then um, they had like the corner walls that, you know, the three main walls in a blockbuster were floor to ceiling with all of the new releases. Oh and gosh. and they were the actual new releases of Do movies. you remember the days when you would walk the aisles, <sighs> like walk around the back of the wall, looking at the new releases, trying to yep. figure out what to take home? And you only could bring oh, home two, so it was like you got to really yep. make it count. Yeah, you're like, I really want to see this new Ashton Kutcher movie because everybody's talking about. It, but I also want to go get Clue because that was the movie I would constantly re-rent. Mm-hmm. Was Clue for me? It was like, do I know this movie by heart? Yes, I do. But I think I'm just gonna still get it again. <laughs> what was your movie? What was the movie you always rented? Oh, Dana, you know the answer to Scream, this. Scream, Scream. Yeah. Why? I asked. Yeah, but. <laughs> I just, I like, so Kurt and I were at home and I was like, oh my gosh, like Dana went to the last blockbuster. He's like, oh, we should watch that new Netflix show, the last blockbuster. Right. I heard it is not good. And I heard it's, it from a certain source who works at Netflix. It's, who can um, it is one of the worst things I've ever seen on television. Oh ever. no. Bad. We could barely get through. We suffered through the first episode. It was like. Like, Superstore was so genius in its heyday. Like, that concept and the comedy was funny and it worked. This is like Superstore and a Blockbuster, but, like, they're trying way too hard. And the Blockbuster is clearly on a back lot of a Mm. studio in L.A. somewhere. And it's not even about the Blockbuster in Oregon. It's some Blockbuster in Michigan. It should be about Bend Blockbuster, if you ask me. No, it's just bad. So, if you're listening, don't waste your time on the Blockbuster show on Netflix. Watch the documentary. Don't yeah. watch the really bad comedy. They're yeah. like, Netflix strikes out on some of this. Because even, you remember Space Force? Like, we struggled to get through yeah, that one, too. Yeah, we didn't finish it. We only got through the first two. And it's an it's an all-star cast. Yeah. But um, we, we Lisa sing. Kudrow. Hello, hello, hello. Lisa Kudrow was in it. And she couldn't even save it. You know what? I've said this before on the podcast. But my dear friend Carly, who was there, also worked on the comeback. I hope I can share that, Carly. I know you listen. And I hope I can share that little fun factoid but she worked on season two of the comeback and um it's my favorite television gold should have won all the awards carly is the single biggest friends fan on the universe and if you think that you're a bigger (laughs) friends fan anybody listening if you think no i know friends better than anyone you are wrong Carly factually knows this show better than anybody else in the entire universe so i'm so glad she got to work on the comeback but i also that's 
my girl when I quote any comeback stuff is she knows it. So I love the comeback. I know. I'm still holding out hope. Like every once in a while, Lisa Kudrow drops little tease that she really could do a third season. And I'm just I'm holding out that hope. But we're not here to talk about Lisa Kudrow, even though she we pay homage to her at the start of every show with hello, hello, hello. But we're here to talk about Disney. And I'm just going to dive into it because it was a big day, Dana. I know. Big day in the world of corporate America, which is put my put my uh, day job hat on yep. doing corporate communications. Uh, today was earnings for the Walt Disney Company. Translation, that's the day Bob Paycheck tells you how much money he made. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Now, is this the third quarter or the fourth quarter? Fourth. This is the th- the fourth. Uh, so this is our end they of the reported year. both quarter four and full year earnings today, which okay. actually doesn't make sense because the year's not over unless they operate under a different fiscal year, which I don't know. We're getting I too might far be weeds, very, very dumb. Of, I'm very dumb of when it comes to yeah. like all of this stuff, but I think this is right that this is the end of the year for a quarterly basis, like that this is when they are counting all their pennies to know what they've made. And they use this last little bit. Well, no, usually companies report their Q4 earnings in the first quarter of the next year, right? So Disney, for some reason, they must operate, because we have one company that we do work for that their fiscal year ended in August. So their Q4 ended in August. Fiscal year, that's the word. It makes no sense. I don't understand. I just... I understand if my boss is listening, I fully understand how this works. Um, (laughs) No, but (laughs) look, anyway, let's just get into this. So, you know, Disney had a rough couple of years. The parks specifically, we're just going to talk about the parks on the whole Walt Disney Company. But the parks had, you know, a really rough year. Yeah, well, they weren't open for over a year in one of those years. Yeah. So they've raised prices, they sell a lot more stuff, things more expensive to go, the parks, the hotels are way more, yada, 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 mm-hmm. right? We've talked about this ad nauseum. We all know this, folks. So how much money do you think they made over the full fiscal year 2022? Just I, Disney parks. All parks, international included? Or yep. just the U.S. ones? Um, All parks. I really have no idea what even to guess. I'm going to guess it's in the billions. Um, it is. Okay. I'm going to guess like $40 billion. Is that low? Okay. Is that high no. for them? Yeah. I don't no, you, you overshot there a little bit. $28 billion over the full fiscal year. And that includes like Shanghai, Disney, and all the other yep. international yep. parks. Okay. All the ones that they own. I don't know if it includes Shanghai because they don't really fully own Shanghai, that's, but maybe they do take some profits from them. I think that's Tokyo. They don't own Tokyo. Oh, maybe. I think they we own know Shanghai. This. We'll find we should out. know this. I'm anyway, while you talk. guess how much of an increase that was over 2021? You said $28 billion. So what mm-hmm. you said? I'm going to guess because they were... No, they were open in all of 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. they were. I'm going to guess that's like double what they made the last year. Because it was a uh, 73% more than what they made in <gasps> 2021. Dang. They rolling. They rolling in the money. So, yeah, they're, they're making a lot of money. <laughs> so let me just read you this quote. And this also includes cruise ship sailings, which came back to full capacity, things like that. So Disney's statement on this was operating income growth at our domestic parks and experiences, which is due to higher volumes in, guess what? Increased guest spending, 
partially offset mm. by cost inflation, higher operation support costs, and costs for new guest offerings. Higher volumes were due to increases in attendance, cruise ship sailings, which included a benefit from the launch of the Disney Wish and occupied room nights. So there you go. Basically, attendance has skyrocketed. Prices have gone up. They're selling more merchandise. That equals a lot of money for Bob. Bob Bob Paycheck. Bob. Bob. Um, So here's the other. Well, I was just going to say, guess what all this means? As much as we complain about Bob Paycheck Mm -hmm. and fans complain about Bob Paycheck, He's rolling in this kind of cash for the company. The shareholders and the board are going to be very, very, very happy. Yeah. And Bob is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. No, he just increased their sales by 70 plus percent. So I get it. But I want to know in the trajectory, because I'm just picturing like a broad like graph, a bar chart. Yeah. But I've seen one where it was like when Bob Iger came in. They were like more than quadrupled every single year for the like 12 years he was running the company or whatever it was. And then, of course, he left in the same breath that the COVID pandemic hit. And so I remember like, how will they ever come back up to this level? So I'm curious what Bob Chapek, literally I'm going to call him Bob Paycheck, what his numbers (laughs) compare to with Bob Iger's. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. As an aside, can we round back really quickly and I can tell you who owns these two, Tokyo and Shanghai? Who owns the other parks? So there are different answers, but you were correct in both of them that it's not 100% owned by Disney. Disney Shanghai is owned in partnership between the government of China and the Walt Disney Company. So, however, Walt Disney Company owns 43% of the park and China owns 57%. Is China still locking those poor people in Shanghai Disneyland? Probably. Like, have we checked on them? Do I we have know? Not. Are they I'm worried. are they eating? Are they a okay? lot of churros? They They're trapped? probably eating only churros. <laughs> <laughs> These poor people are they still trapped in Shanghai Disneyland? Oh my god! I mean, I hope not. Um, so now Tokyo <laughs> Disneyland, Tokyo Disney Sea, it's owned by the Oriental Land Company, which licenses the intellectual property of the Walt Disney Company. So it's okay. fully. Not owned by the Disney Corporation. So Disney is not bringing in the cash. I'm sure they get the licensing, they, they get the fees and all that. They do. It's like the equivalent of thinking about like Marvel is in Universal Studios Orlando, but they're different characters over there. But because they'd already done a thing, so they yeah, get yeah, the yeah. IP for Universal Park. So Universal's paying for that IP. Well, Same kind of thing. So you're ready for the next chapter of the Q4 earnings story at the Walt Disney Company? I don't know if I so, am. We all know there's this looming recession hanging over us. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> they keep talking that it's coming and this and that. We'll see. But so Walt Disney Company CFO Christine McCarthy addressed the looming recession and said, you know, kind of gave a little hint as to what they would do at the parks and resorts to okay. try to offset a recession. And she said that they could be discounting tickets in the future, but that's because their ticket pricing are on that, you know, scale, that sliding scale of the demand and ticket pricing and this and that. So totally that's they're on that flexible scale. She said, however, don't expect it to be as low as it was during the last recession when they lowered ticket prices then. Mm, So that was her hint. She also did say about the Park Pass reservation systems. Okay. 
You got my full oh, attention, They're still sir. here. They ain't leaving. They ain't leaving. Uh, she says, quote, the reservation system can be adjusted. On many days, we are fully booked now, but we can adjust that and be flexible in real time on adjusting it. Presumably meaning if they need to sell more tickets, get more people in the parks, raise profits, they can, oh, look, we magically have increased our capacity at the parks today to get more people mm. in there spending money. They can and they will. Can we, uh-huh. I'm going to talk about a gripe that I have experienced recently with my girlfriends because we go with the magic key and all that stuff. Something that happens all the time to us is like we will have a friend who last minute can come with us, but the Disneyland has full capacity on the park reservation. So they have to go to California Adventure. And in multiple times, we have gone forward to say, hey, can we just have this one single person be able to join our larger group over here? They have a reservation. It's just for the other park first. And under no circumstances will Disneyland let you make any sort of change day of. You are just totally stuck with whatever you have so we've had times where like one of our friends has to go to the other park while the other seven of us go to the opposite park for the you know first four hours of our day and it just feels really silly and stupid and i think what happened if like we had made the mistake as a family that was traveling if that was me and i was alone at dca for four hours while you all were at disneyland i would not be a sober person by the time you got oh, to me Ten thousand percent. that's already <laughs> happened to our group i won't name which friends but we have joined up with them afterwards and it's usually one or two of them that got stuck over there while the rest of us all went to disneyland and we show up and they're like hey we're feeling great kim. we're on kim sometimes sometimes kim. not it's like all of us. All, sometimes it happens. Sierra, all of us. Kim, Kim, Sierra. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Well, hold on, you little magic key holder. You. She brought up the possibility of the return of selling of new annual passes. They've been halted for quite a while in Florida. Florida, since the pandemic, they never really even brought those back like they did in California. I think they brought them back for like two minutes and then stopped. I think you're right. She said they're looking at a program that would have a more flexible business model with changes. And that's all she said. What does that even mean? I don't know. But Bob Paycheck had said before that he was looking at how you bring annual passes back. I got to say, again, living on the East Coast where we can get flight deals down to Orlando all the time from up Mm -hmm. here because Florida is essentially New York South minus the politics. But it's cheap. Like you can find quick, last minute cheap flights between New York and Orlando. So it would almost make sense. Like we were talking about it. Like Mm -hmm. if you do the cost analysis versus buying a few tickets to go down two or three times a year versus just buying the annual pass, eh, it's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal. It's, you know, it's it's not, I think, for Florida. You know, the prices went up so much more in California that it would be harder if I were to say you lived in Seattle and wanted to come down. I think I also don't think the flights are as cheap on the West Coast. We're just a bigger trek that you're dealing with. Yeah, it, it would be expensive sometimes when we would come down from San Francisco yeah. down to L.A. Yeah. But also getting down there, you either have to pay a premium to fly to Orange County where you're very close to Disneyland, or you have to fly to LA, take a hundred dollar Uber from LAX to Anaheim. Like it's logistically a lot harder than just going to flying to Orlando, getting on one of the bus transportations for 30 bucks and going to the parks. Yeah. Yeah. So 
again, just like D23, <laughs> a lot of news about passes that we still don't really know is actual news or not. Well, so they're, they're really good at the tease. They're like, we're yeah. just going to sprinkle this little bit of information and maybe you'll spend your money soon. Um, but speaking of places where people aren't spending their money. Oh, oh bring that tea, at- Adam. <laughs> it is our favorite topic on Gen D, the Galactic Star Cruiser. We love to hate on it. We really do. Oh, my gosh. Also, I meant to text you because so part of this was they announced. I'll start it with this. They announced they were like hosting travel agents there for free for like three days to come down and experience it. Because oh, they're trying yeah. to get travel agents to like yeah. sell people into coming here. And I was like, yeah. when I saw they were doing that, I and then I got busy and I didn't text you. But I was going to be like, Dana, get on this. Figure out how we go so we can go do this for three days. So here's the deal. Reportedly, and I guess it's proved by you can just go on the website and look at the availability. Yeah. The Galactic Star Cruiser has multiple voyages this fall that are only booked at 25% capacity. That's crazy. The place is empty. So yeah. here's what that means. Like a cruise ship, they used to have two seatings for the meals. They've uh-huh. cut that back to one seating. So that means the servers are working, getting paid half. They're working half the time. The performers are only having to do the show once during the dinners. So they're getting paid and half. And they're working half the time. Yep. Parts of the ship are closed off. Like, it's just not. <laughs> we have said this so many times. How is this sustainable? Just turn this into the nerdiest deluxe resort you've ever made. And it would be booked up every night. Every single night that place would be booked. It's just way too expensive. Let's never forget that this is a $5,000 two-day experience. And that's what gets me. Like $5,000 for your family to live for 48 hours in what looks like a space bunker. And uh, you get to go do some like simulator experiences. It just does not look that great. And here's the comparison. So I've been like, because, you know, I'm now an obsessed Disney cruiser and I've never been on a cruise. Totally. I was looking around. Your family and our family could go on a seven night cruise in a massive suite on one of the Disney cruise ships where we would share the big suite, do all that for seven nights with meals included, entertainment, yada, 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 port fees, all that's in there for the same price it would cost us to have two separate rooms. Yeah. Yeah for two nights Mm -hmm. at the Galactic Star Cruiser. Well, and folks, if you don't remember, but months ago, I also did that comparison of like, what could we get in 48 (laughs) hours with the same price tag? And it was essentially like a theme park view at the Grand Floridian on club level with a spa treatment and a fancy dinner package at the park and an evening, you know, park party. Like you could get all that stuff for the same window of time. Like, well, it's insane. People are seeing through it because the capacity for the Star Cruiser is 502 people. Allegedly, for an upcoming cruise, in quotes, they have 128 people booked (laughs) for 502 spots. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's not good. How? Disney, that's not good. Like, just why? Why? Just turn it into a deluxe resort. Yeah. Throw a pool in there somewhere. You got the land. Throw a pool. Theme it pool of Andor or something. I don't know. Make it like a, what's the planet with the little koala bears? 
Oh, <laughs> so much I know Endor? Star Wars. Is it Endor? Is that Endor? Yeah. It's Endor. Maybe. Were they all in the trees? Yeah, with the with the Ewoks. I don't know. You could have a pool. Put yeah, the Ewoks. Have a pool with like a bunch of trees and put some Ewoks in the trees. Yeah. Done. There, you can have your outdoor pool and theme that way. And those trees are big. Just copy the ones that they've got over at uh they got the whole Ewoks set up in the queue for um the Star Wars thing at Hollywood Studios. That thing. Galaxy's and Edge. No, not Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> no, the old one. Star Tours? The, but, Star Tours. Star Tours. Okay. Star Tours. Yeah, at Hollywood Studios. It's all like yeah. set up like indoor with the Ewoks yeah. outside. Yeah. Just do that. Put that over a pool. Sell it at a nightly rate for like 700 bucks a night and people will pay for it and they'll come. It's true. If you build it, they will I come. I would do it. Mm-hmm. I'd figure out how to do it. It'd be fun to stay there for a couple nights if you weren't trapped in this like play along pretend we're in outer space game. Right. So anyway. Also, they're still throwing shade at the box truck that is your spaceship that takes you to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, that's pretty silly too. So anyway, you all know that we are just like blech on this. Um, But here's what I want to pose to you listeners and to you, Adam. Actually, you and I have never really talked about how big of a fan we are of this next intellectual property I'm about to mention. But here's where I would spend $5,000. And I'm curious if you feel the same way. I would prefer it to be more than two nights, but just to be, you know, compare as the same. Mm-hmm. For 48 hours, I would probably spend, oh, I still don't even know if I would spend $5,000 on this, but <laughs> I would be more intrigued to spend that amount of money if I got to live at Hogwarts and I got to get sorted into a house and Ooh. wear my robes and get my wand from Ollivanders and go and like live in an immersive Hogwarts experience, go to care of magical creatures, oh my gosh. go to transfiguration. Yes. Like I get to climb all the way up to the big could tower. We, could, like the big thing be like an escape room. That's basically the sorcerer's stone. Like when they're yes. under Hogwarts and they yes. play the chess game and do all that stuff. A hundred percent. You make that a whole like maze. Oh my gosh. You do um, Quidditch. Everybody gets to go to a Quidditch game or be in it. I don't know. Maybe it's just go to it. Cause that's a little bit more fun. You get to do broom flying lessons. Like I would pay, I think I really would pay $5,000 to have two days at Hogwarts. To really feel immersed you know what I would in that pay world. Pay $5,000 for? What? None the of experience? this? The immersive what? What? experience? What? I'm nervous. What? Star Trek. Oh, Forget Star, Star Wars. Trek. Give me Star Trek. Beam me on the to the Enterprise mm-hmm. for 48 hours. Give me Harry no? Potter. Okay. Nope. Um, all right. Let's move on. So we also talked the other week about Magic Band Plus has made its grand debut at the Disneyland Resort. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hold your horses, everybody. Get ready. Cause. The long-awaited World of Color Magic Band Plus is now available at Disneyland Resort. I had to bring this up because I still think it's the most ridiculous thing on the planet. It is a pastel rainbow-colored Magic Band Plus with Mickey with a paintbrush on the face. Mm -hmm. It's available. And this is the one that if you you are that diehard World of Color fan... This is the one you want because it apparently will buzz on your wrist and change colors during World of Color to go along with the show. Cool. Haven't seen how well this works yet, but if you want a vibrating wrist that changes colors for mm. the low, low, low price of forty four ninety nine, <gasps> stop. You can pick one of these up. 
Why? Why is it so expensive? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Is it going to change with the new changing world of color? Like, will it be work for that one too? You probably have to buy a sixty-five ninety-nine Magic Grand Plus. I don't know. I'm still not sold on these. I still don't get it. I just give me my old Magic Bands. The old ones work just fine. Well, out in Florida, another magic band piece, if you're tired of wearing it on your wrist, you can now wear it on your belt loop because they've just created a like keychain version of the magic band. And it's like more like an um a keychain emblem looking. It's the same like circle piece with like yeah, a yeah. little Mickey around the side, but it's like a keychain. So you can hook it to your car keys or your belt loop or whatever you want instead of wearing it as a wrist well, bracelet. I mean, call me a nerd, but I do have to say my absolute favorite thing to do, and it gets me so excited for a Disney World trip, is as soon as we land at MCO, the Orlando airport, we have our magic bands in our carry-on bag, and we always put them on the second we land at the airport, just as like, hey, we're here, but it used to be because you used to beep beep onto the Magical Express, which is not a thing anymore, but it is now we do it the second we land because it just means we're here, we're on vacation. I'm right there with you. I do it too. No shade toward a magic band. I like the magic bands. I'm a big fan. I do the same thing. I put them on. I like to like use it to get into my room. It just is. It's vacation. I just think magic band plus is just a cash grab. I don't get the point. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Well, the last little bit I have. Mm-hmm. Dana, next time you're at downtown Disney, mm-hmm. I need Hanukkah Mickey. And there's one more thing I need you to get me. Okay. Because this is suddenly becoming my annual thing I get at the parks, at the holidays. Oh, no. What is it? Remember last year, my red and white Disneyland Christmas necklace? (gasps) Oh, that lights up. Oh, I gave you so much crap about that. You want another one? Well, guess what? I need this year's. So this year's are red and green Christmas light bulbs alternated by blue, yellow, green, and red Mickey light bulbs. Uh, you don't need so, this. You have last year's. Yes, I do. No, I want. I, this is my thing. I'm going to have to get them every year. Look, look, look. See it? That was very cute. It's so bulky. Come Why on. would you want to wear that? I love it. It's my favorite tacky Christmas thing on the planet. And so you have one job. It is Hanukkah and Mickey and the lights. All right, That's fine. all I need. You have no idea how happy Kurt made me when he got those lights for me last year. Oh, Kurt. God love you. <laughs> He's doing the Lord's work over there. And we got him the year before. Or no, wait. That was last year. Oh, my gosh. We were at Alani last year. Holy moly, Dana. That feels like a century ago. Time flies. What has happened to life? Yeah. And I wore those all around Alani over the holidays. Just saying. Well, you're in luck because we're going back to World of Disney very soon. Ryan, for my birthday, actually, Ray picked this out, my daughter. She picked out an ornament that is the Main Street trash can, like the trash can, the green yeah. trash can. But it's, it's really cute. It's one of those like classic, what do you call it? Like light glass kind. However, it was broken a little bit when they gave it to me. So we have to go oh, back no. and get a new one. Yeah. All right. Well, you go back. Hanukkah Mickey and my Christmas light necklace. You probably broke my ornament just because you want me to go back that badly. I wouldn't put it <laughs> I told Ryan. You. I was like, can you break that? Have another Can you break that? Just go. so you guys can go down there and get this. Anyway, that's all I have. Okay. Well, 
I figured it was about time for us to do another round of Would You Rathers. Last time I did this, it was with Kim and we did a whole Disneyland one. But Adam, I figured we have never done a Disney World Would You Rather. So I came up. Yeah, I came up with 10 questions. I should say I came up with like seven of these questions. And then I got a little lazy because I couldn't figure out what else to come up with. So I went on to allears.net and found a couple that they had suggested. But mostly they came from my noggin, and I'm pretty proud of a couple of these. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So it's all around the park. We're going to do some would you rather. There's going to be some highs and lows, my friend. Some of these are excellent choices, and some are real bad. Okay. We'll start off with an easy one. Okay. Would you rather Disney World Edition? Would you rather eat at 50s Primetime Cafe or the Sci-Fi Dine-In all at Hollywood Studios? 50s. 50s <gasps> Primetime. Adam, Dana, I like, yeah. And I wouldn't have said this a year ago, but now it is. It's 50s Primetime. I've been to both. Okay. I think the interactivity of the servers who are buying into the shtick at the 50s drive-in where they're just like, is he dinner? Yelling at you and doing that whole thing. Like the shtick that they buy into, if you get a good server, hands down the 50s primetime diner. I love the theming in there. I love the bar in the front. I love the old TVs. I love it. I love it all. Sci-fi is cute. Right. And it's got its thing, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the last time we had a really bad experience last time we went there. And so I think that's part of it. But I've also like never really been that impressed. You're like sat there in the cars, which is kitschy and cute for like one time. But if I was repeating and having to pick, I'd pick 50s. Oh, what man, we are the opposite. I would pick Sci-Fi Dine-In any day, every day. I love that place. I love the environment. Is the food phenomenal? Uh, it's good. I, no. Their Impossible Burger is phenomenal. I've talked about that a bunch. Here's what is the opposite of us. When we went last time, we ate at both, and we had the best experience at Sci-Fi Dine-In. Ray ate every stitch of her food. She was so locked into these old-timey videos. She was asking us a million questions. She loved the environment. The day before, we had eaten at 50s Primetime Cafe, and she was not about it. She was just in a mood. It put Mm. all of us in a mood. And I got a salad there. So I kind of also made a miss of like just eating boring food, like a Caesar salad. So... I'm team sci-fi dining. Okay. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll let you have that. You're wrong, but you can no, have that. I will give you the tune-in lounge, which is the new <laughs> lounge that they put in front of 50s Primetime Cafe, A+. You can go in there anytime. It's all walk-up. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Okay. Number two. Would you rather, this is lovely, stroll around Epcot at night or stroll around Animal Kingdom at sunset? Animal Kingdom at sunset. Epcot at night is full of drunk people, especially if you're there on a weekend, drunk Floridians, mm-hmm. drunk locals. Mm-hmm. It's not not a cute scene. I would go oh, 100% Animal Kingdom, but I also absolutely, like, you know Animal Kingdom is my favorite park down there. I love the theming. I love the lighting that they do. And also the lighting at the holidays at Animal Kingdom is incredible. So yeah. Animal Kingdom by a long shot. I agree with you, man. I think you've said it all. I have no notes. Epcot at night is still like, <laughs> it's also like a little darker. It's not as well lit as the other parks. And you're just dealing with a lot of very inebriated people. 
Um, okay, yep. question number three. Would you rather have the absolute worst room? You're in the garden wing, way in the drudges with a view of a parking lot. Worst room at the Grand Floridian. Or you are in the absolute best room right next to the main pool area and the shopping section of Saratoga Springs. Worst room at Grand Floridian, best room at Saratoga Springs. Oh, would you rather? Saratoga. Really? Saratoga. Yeah. Even though Why it's not? Grand Floridian. I love Saratoga Springs. Yeah. yeah. I love Saratoga Springs. I agree. You and it's I are team hotel. Saratoga it's Springs. A great hotel. I just feel like everybody puts Grand Floridian on a pedestal, so I had to use that one. Excuse as, me, I roll my eyes. I, I know. Like it's not that great. I know. The best thing about Grand Floridian is the Rose Bar, whatever it is, the Beauty the Enchanted and Beast Rose Bar with Enchanted Rose with like you know thirty five dollar cocktails, which are delicious. Yeah. But the rest of it, nah, nah. The rooms, I don't even like the rooms. I don't even like the theming. I don't know. It's. Yeah, no. Give me yeah. Saratoga. Plus, you're so much closer to like Disney Springs and like, you know, it. Yeah, give me Saratoga. The rooms are the renovated rooms in Saratoga are beautiful. They're great. Oh, they are worlds better than the Grand Floridian rooms. And, and you can fight us on that, but if you look, even if you've never stayed it either, look online and look at those Saratoga Springs rooms. They are fancy. Is the place exterior kind of lame? A little bit. It looks like an old like housing apartment complex to me. But I do really love mm-hmm. the grounds even still. They've got great pools. And you know, unpaid intern Ryan, that is where he worked at Disney. So Saratoga Springs yep. always has a soft spot in both of our hearts. It's a good resort. People people <laughs> give it a lot of, you know, crap, but they shouldn't. It's great. I like it. Okay. This is fun. Are you ready? Okay. Question four. You have, this is, um. oh, what was that game? The, the game where, like, the kids would run around at KB Toys and they had, like, two minutes to, like, put everything in their basket. Do you remember this so game? So basically Supermarket Sweep? Yeah, Supermarket Sweep with the kid version. Okay. Whatever that game was called. It was on like Nickelodeon in the 90s. Okay. So, Adam, you have 15 minutes with one basket. You can put anything you want in this one basket. Where are you shopping? Would you rather be at the Emporium on Main Street or the Creation Shop in Epcot? Ooh. Ooh. Formerly Mouse Gears at Epcot. I'm going to go with Creation Shop and Epcot. I think they got better stuff. Where I got that, where Kurt bought me that really nice Coach wallet was at the Creation Shop at Epcot. Oh, I'm going to go with Creations. I think they got better stuff. Plus, they have the um, Spaceship Earth cookie jar at the Creation Shop at Epcot. Oh. And that's something I really need in my life. But that's going to take up all of your basket. I can squeeze a bunch of other stuff in there with it. I don't know. 15 minutes is shockingly a lot of time, if you think about it, with one small basket. Yeah, I could do it. Don't so worry. So you got to really think strategically. Don't worry that, because I would open I'm the cookie jar and put stuff in the giant cookie jar to make space. Oh, smart, okay. smart. All right. Okay. Smart okay. guy. What about you? Um, I would also go with Epcot just because I like no. Because Epcot, I like their, like, retro-y stuff that they just always have there. Yeah. Um, it's just cooler stuff. I do like how, like, warm and inviting the Emporium feels at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. But um, the Creation Shop feels a little industrial to me. It's kind of a little like a Target. I don't love the look on the inside. Oh, of but I love a Target. Too. Let me supermarket sweep at a Target and y'all, oh. huh? 
Oh, that's a totally different podcast, my friend. No, I mean, I like <laughs> Target. I just don't need to see a Target style I of, of love fluorescent Target. lighting in you know what I, a theme park. <laughs> Do you know what I'm feeling down? What? I just like to go to Target if I'm feeling down and I just need a little, like, pick-me-up. I could end the Columbus Circle where we have a full-size Target. We have a little city Target by our apartment, yeah. which are really cute. They're like... Oh, yeah. Just a mini version of a Target. Friend, I live in a city. But I know a city Target. Down at, all right. So down at Columbus Circle, we've got like full-size Target over like three floors. And I'm just feeling a little down. I go down there and I just walk the aisles and find random Target stuff that I don't need. But it just makes you feel happy. I know. You know why? Because it became like a comfort thing during the pandemic when there was nothing else open in Oakland but Target. And mm-hmm. so Kurt and I would spend our Friday nights, like our big Friday night out was putting a mask on and walking around Target for an hour. I just feel like Target needs to make a commercial. <laughs> the only city, thing to do. <laughs> city Target needs to make a commercial. And they need to take that Carol King song that I think um, Paul Simon sang a long time ago. That's like, you've got a friend when you're down mm-hmm. and troubled. <laughs> it's and just me walking it's around It's you Target. walking and it's like, your friend is Target. <laughs> that should be their theme song. You're welcome, Target, for that piece of advertising yeah. genius. It's just a warm hug. Target's like a warm hug. I know. Okay, this is not a warm hug. <laughs> this is the worst Uh-oh. scenario. This is a oh, hard no. would you rather. Number five. I was five. really in a happy place there thinking about Target. What are you doing to me? I know. We went from a spending spree to this. Would you rather walk through one of those Florida torrential downpours? It's not letting up. Walk through it from Epcot to the beach club, which is where you were staying. Or... Yeah. Ride at midnight, ride an extremely crowded to the gills, totally packed bus all the way back to Pop Century. Walk to Beach Club in the rain. Because once I'm at Beach Club, I'm at my hotel and I can just strip down and dry off. Very good point. That is the right answer. It still sucks. Either one sucks, but um, that is the right answer. I just think I put this question on here because I also wanted to share some trauma that I experienced. Ryan and I, back in like 2010 or 2012, we were visiting and I think we were staying at one of the the value resorts. And we were going back from, I think it was Disney Springs or downtown Disney at that point. And we were on the midnight totally packed bus and it sucked. And we got on, it was like, we can take two more people. So Ryan and I get on there and we are just like sitting in other people's laps. It's so crowded. And we have not even left the parking lot of Disney Springs when this like five or six year old kid turns to his mom and goes, I don't feel good. And then promptly vomited all oh, no. over our oh, shoes. No. Mine and Ryan's no. all over them. And so then the bus oh, just no. stunk to high heaven oh. of vomit. And they were like, they didn't stop. They turned the lights on. So all we did is just stare at our vomit shoes for the next 20 <laughs> minutes, plugging our noses and being utterly disgusted. I remember we got back to our hotel room, like ran in, put our shoes under the bathtub and we were trying to scrub them feverishly. Oh, it was the worst. So there you so, go. Um, That's my trauma. That so is traumatic. way back in college, we go down to Austin, Texas often because we have friends who went to UT. Mm-hmm. And they had a bus that went from campus to take kids to the bars on 6th Street. And there was a free bus that took the kids back to campus Mm -hmm. after they got a drink. The bus would have trash bags duct taped to all the rows for 
people <laughs> to use wow. in case of, um, you know, bus ride sickness post drinking at the bars all night. Genius. Well, Genius. Disney, maybe Disney you should, should get maybe those. think about installing trash bags on the bus for the midnight bus ride home when little Timmy has had too much sugar all day. Oh, my God. It smelled so bad. <laughs> it was horrible. Okay, question number six. Would you rather like to ride the Haunted Mansion or Space Mountain with the lights on? Oh, Space Mountain with the lights on. You know that's a dream of mine. I did not know this. And that's an interesting choice. That's not what I would have picked. I would have picked Haunted Mansion. Oh, no. I want I want Space Mountain with the lights on. Okay. All right. I want to see that old coaster in there and how it's all like, how it works. I don't. I, I, I got it. it. It's It looks like an erector set. I, I have a very good visual. I've seen it, actually, when I've been on the people mover mm-hmm. and passed by and it's been open. I don't need that. But what I do want to see is all the mechanics of Haunted Mansion. And Ryan, I've yeah. talked about this a million times on this podcast, but Ryan got to walk it with the lights on one morning as a cast member and get a whole tour. And it just sounded so magical and cool. And he, every time we go on the ride, he shares cool, fun facts about that. And I just want to experience that. That's my dream. All right. Okay. You can have that dream. All right. That's a dream. This is a question for It's not as great of a dream as seeing Space Mountain with the lights on. It is. It is. You know, it's like something I wish for every time I get on Space Mountain. I'm like, please turn the lights on. I know. Something happened and please turn the lights on. I know, bud. I know. One day. One day for you. One day. I wrote this question. Do I have a better chance at that or the lottery? Mm, Definitely Space Mountain. Yeah, Maybe. Okay, I wrote this question for you because I think you've stayed at both of these. So tell okay. me if you have it, but I think you have. Would you rather stay at Port Orleans Riverside or Port Orleans French Quarter? French Quarter. And why? Um, the theming is way better at French Quarter. The pool is better at French Quarter. The rooms are better at French Quarter. The beignets are at French Quarter, need I say more. The bar at the pool is easier to get from bar to pool at French Quarter. And frankly, when after seeing it Riverside, the rooms are horrible. It was like they slapped on a bad coat of blue paint on the wall. And it felt like we were in a Motel 6. And I said this before. I think we talked about when we were comparing like value resorts with the moderate resorts. I would much rather stay at Pop Century than at Riverside again. Yeah. Like, the Pop Century theming is much better. The rooms are nicer. Yeah, the Riverside? No. No, thank you. I'm good. But French Quarter, I would definitely do French Quarter again. Okay. And French Quarter holds a special place in my heart because that's where we went on our honeymoon and we stayed at French Quarter. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I feel like I keep going on tangents, but um, my esthetician out here, I sound so L.A. right this second, but my esthetician, who's also a a friend of mine. This is even more. My esthetician is one of my friends. So, you know, she started as my esthetician mm-hmm. and became a friend. Mm-hmm. For her honeymoon, her and her husband also stayed at Port Orleans French Quarter. But their bags mm-hmm. were, um, they flew southwest. The bags never showed up. They never got on the plane. They got in late. It was like 10 p.m. when they got in. They didn't know because this was still before the pandemic and the bags were supposed to come to your room. So they didn't know the entirety of the, like, first four hours in Orlando that their bags were not in fact in Florida. Oh, because they had done the like check your bag yes. through 
Yes. Put the magical express tag on it and the oh yes. no. So if their bags are still at LAX. You, this is why you don't fly Southwest Airlines, friends. Dude. Because to get from Los Angeles to Orlando on Southwest Airlines, you have to probably fly to like Dallas, Denver, Midway, Kansas yeah. City, St. Louis, and then you eventually get to Orlando. All of that route you just named is what I have done to get to Orlando when I've flown Southwest <laughs> before. So, yes. <laughs> But so they told the hotel that they, like they figure out they've been on the phone crying. And I guess I mean, this is their honeymoon. So she's packed all of her fancy bikinis she wants to wear because they were going to also go to the Bahamas after this. Oh, no. um, you know, she, I think she even had some like wedding stuff in there you know, that they were going to use like her reception dress or something was with it. And she wanted to wear it at a fancy dinner. They tell the hotel it's now midnight when they finally come to this conclusion that their bags are not going to be there. And they're only staying for two nights at Disney World. Porter Lane's French Quarter, the manager hears all of this. He brings them over to the gift shop and says, this won't be enough stuff, but go ahead, pick anything you need to get you through the next couple of days. It's on us at Disney. And they got to spend Stop. 30 minutes with the same thing. That was one of my questions. What would you choose? They got to go around and pick up like everything from like shampoo and stuff to like a few outfits to wear for their days in the park. Oh my gosh. And she said, she's like, oh, I grabbed like a Mickey Mouse plushie. I don't need that. I'm a 30 year old woman, but I still got it because I could. So she's like, we ended up calculating out what we got. And it was like $700 worth of stuff or something like that. Yeah. That 1000% is not happening in this day and age no. at the Disney parks. No, I no. think they got married in 2017 or 18. So it was then. Aww. Okay, I got That's three. That's amazing. I know, it's not sweet. Not a sweet story. Okay. I've got three last questions for you, bud. First one. Deal. Would you rather watch Festival of the Lion King, which now has the Tumble Monkeys back, mm-hmm. or the new Fantasmic? Festival of the Lion King. I thought you were going to say Fantasmic. No, Festival of the Lion King. I think it's Festival of the Lion King. It's a great show. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I. It's just like, it's fun. And the puppets are amazing. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I don't even know what to talk about. It. It's Festival of the Lion King. Okay. I'm here for it. I agree. Um, okay. <laughs> this is a hard one. Okay. And I know that this is also one of your dreams, though this does not sound great. Uh, this is only Adam's dream. Would you rather get stuck for one hour at the very top of the Expedition Everest ride before it goes backwards? So you're stuck up there. You don't know when it's going to go. Or would you rather be stuck for one hour at the very top of the drop on Tower of Terror? Uh, Top of the drop on Tower of Terror. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, because you'd at least be able to see something. Like, hopefully the windows will be open. No, I'm talking about, like, the windows aren't open until you're in the ride, like, going. No, but you're saying at the very top. No, the windows oh, open right. up at you're the right. top. I was picturing you that California. beautiful view out on the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying you're at the top, beautiful view of the park. I'd soak that in for an hour. That's a beautiful view of the park for an hour. If you're stuck at the top of Expedition Everest before it goes backwards, you're just looking at a bunch of people's hair bands <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. the rocks and some broken track in front of you for an hour. You get real bored real fast. But if you're going to be stuck at the top of Tower of Terror looking out over Hollywood Studios, I'm all for that one. For me, it's about what I could stomach. And I'm saying an hour, like you're stuck there for an hour, but I don't think you know it's going to be an exact hour. It's not like we're timing it to the minute. 
And so I don't know if I could handle an hour's worth of my stomach being like, is it going to happen now? Is it going to happen now on the Tower of Terror Yeah, why drop? not? I don't think I could do why it. Why not? But with Everest, at least it's like, well, I'm just sitting here and I know what to expect. I'm going to go backwards. So, okay, uh, you pick Tower no. of Terror. Tower of Terror. All right. Okay, last one. This one is going to be All really right. challenging and it's very exciting. Would you rather stay in a Polynesian bungalow for one night or stay inside Cinderella's castle for one night? It's not hard. Cinderella's castle in the Cinderella. I've been in there. You've been in there, I've right? There. Yeah. Like it's beautiful. 1000% inside the Cinderella's dream suite mm-hmm. up there in the castle. One hundred percent. Yes. No. Yes. Bungalow. Also, because there are alligators in that water in the bung above the bungalows, and no, thank you, ma'am. Like, no, no. If an alligator is going to kill me while I'm sitting in my own private hot tub watching the fireworks go off at Magic Kingdom all by myself, enjoying a nice glass of wine in my beautiful, luxurious, like two or three bedroom bungalow, then that's a great way to go, my friend. I'm picking yeah, the bungalows. But you could be enjoying a nice glass of wine in the giant jacuzzi tub in the Cinderella suite, looking out over the Magic Kingdom no, that you have no, no. all to yourself. You and I both know that you're not looking out at anything. <laughs> they have all of those windows blocked off. You don't see a darn thing out those windows. I want my Polynesian bungalow. Uh, it's still, no, 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 no. All right. Nope. Fine. fine. I am all for the Cinderella suite. Okay. Because the iconicness of saying, I got to stay in Cinderella's castle at Disney World. Yeah, okay. Or I was busy and I spent money for a jacuzzi over alligator infested waters so I could watch the fireworks. Oh, I'm not paying for either of these experiences. I'm just assuming Disney's going <laughs> to gift them to me. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, I'm still picking Polynesian Bungalow. But that's the end of my questions. I feel like I should put this up on our Instagram and see what everybody else thinks. Oh, what yeah, they we would should choose. do. It's like a little poll yeah. on the Instagram. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's do that. I'll do that. All right, well, All right, people, keep an eye out for it. agree or disagree, you know I'm right. It's fine. I'll put Adam's choices. I highlighted everything that you suggested, but I don't agree. <laughs> I agree with, like, I think more than half of them. I agree with more than half of them, but you're wrong on 50s Primetime Cafe. Y'all know it's the Cinderella Suite. You're wrong on both of those. Yeah, no, 50s Primetime, I am totally right. Uh-huh. No, no, no. We'll see. We'll let the we'll let all eight of our listeners okay. decide. Sounds good. All right. Well, with that, folks, I hope you have a fantastic week. We will be back at you with some more fun Disney content soon. Again, if you enjoy the podcast, please rate us, review us, tell us that you love us. We love to hear that you love us. Show us some love. <laughs> um, that was my attempt at begging for love right there. I liked it. I like it. Maybe we should just leave with some more Carol King. You've got a friend and we'll just tell unpaid intern Ryan to add that song at the end. That's it. That, oh, yeah, maybe we should that, be. Not me singing. More Randy Newman. You're singing Randy Newman. I'm singing yeah, Carol King. Yeah, let's get some Toy Story. Hello, Toy Story, Randy Newman. No, I'm all team Carol. You've got a friend in me. Okay, anyway, don't, I shouldn't sing ever. All right, on that note, <laughs> have a great week, everybody. I think next week, should we do a little tease since yeah. we talked about it? Yeah. Next week, 
It's gonna be Mariah season. Uh, every you are always talking about uh, all I being don't Mariah want season. A lot for Christmas. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do the holidays at the Disney parks next week. Talk about the food, the drinks, the food, the drinks, the Thanksgiving Day parade in New York with a little Disney twist. So all that fun stuff. I'm excited. I'm hungry already. We're gonna. I'm just gonna have Mariah Carey playing in the background the entire episode. I don't deny. And that I you might doing wear that. the Christmas lights. Ugh. I love you for it. I love you, Adam. Good on you. You weirdo. You just love Mariah because she made out with you. That was the best tea that we got last week. Pretty much. Pretty Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye.